Are you an adult with dyslexia? Are you longing for more in your life than the constant, relentless push and pull on your emotions that dyslexia can bring? What about those physical demands that require you to constantly shift gears, rethink? Can I do this? Well, my name is Hope, and I am your host. And I understand because I was diagnosed as an adult with dyslexia. And I often believed that I wasn't enough. Fear and shame were my constant companion. Until I met Christ, then everything changed. This podcast, Make Room for More, is devoted to encouraging and inspiring adults with dyslexia to make more room in their life for Christ. You will hear biblical truth that will uplift and challenge you to find a place for dyslexia in your life and let Christ take center stage of your life. Thank you for joining me. Mark 1 verse 40 says, And there came a leper to him, beseeching him, and kneeling down to him, and saying unto him, If you will, thou can make me clean. And Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand, and touched him, and said unto him, I will be thou clean. If you go over to the same book, Mark 9, and if we start reading in verse 19, just give you a little backdrop on this story. Jesus has come down from the mountain with three of his friends. And down at the base of the mountain, there is some activity going on. In verse 19, the Lord says, He said unto him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. Now, what has happened is this man has a son possessed by a demon. It's called a dumb spirit here in the word of God. Came to the disciples, because remember, Jesus is up in the mountain at this time. He's on his way down, but he was not there yet. And the man asks his disciples to rebuke and cure him of this demon. Well, unfortunately, the disciples were not able to. The demon did not behave, did not leave. And so when Jesus comes on the scene and he says, Oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Then he talks to the father. He says, bring him to me. Now, Jesus started asking the father questions. He says, how long is it ago since this came upon him? And he said, of a child. And then the father goes on to say, and oftentimes, demon has cast him and thrown him into the fire, into water. This demon is seeking to destroy my son. If you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus responds to this. He says, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believe. Now, go back to chapter 1, verse 40. Both of these requests starts with the word if. In verse 40, the leper says, if you will, you can make me clean. In chapter 9, the father says, if you can do anything, have compassion on us. Now, what's the difference here? The difference is the leper came to Jesus believing in Jesus' ability to cure him of his leprosy. The only thing the leper wanted to know was Jesus willing to do it. Now, when you go over to verse 9, 
the father here says, if you can do anything, meaning he is questioning his ability to do it, not his willingness. Because if you're going to question his ability, you also question questioning his willingness. Now, why was the father questioning Jesus' ability to heal his son? Now, you will find the answer in verse 18. And wheresoever he taketh him, meaning the, the demonic spirit, he tears him and he foams and gnashes his teeth. And I spake to thy disciples that they could cast him out and they could not. The father reasoned, if those who followed Jesus could not cast the demon out, then what could Jesus do? So here is a very critical piece in our work, in our ministry, in our relationship with Christ. People look at our life and they say, where is the power of the gospel in that person's life? If they cannot see it, then they will start questioning God's power. This is why it is so important that we spend time with the Lord in the morning because we do not know how we will meet the enemy during the day. And people are watching, people are looking to see the power of God in us because if they're able to see the power of God in us, they will not question the power of God. Now going on in verse 24, the man said, and straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. And immediately the Lord cast the demon out of his son. Now what's really precious about this story, this piece of the story, is that God meets us in our honesty, in our rawness, in our realness. And the father had to admit, I don't believe fully that you can do it and your ability to do this. But take that little faith I have and heal my son. He says, help my unbelief. And so what the Lord does here is he takes that flicker of a candle that the man has, and he turns it into a full light, and he returns his son to him whole. Jesus, although did mildly rebuke the father when he said, you know, if you can do anything, if nothing else, have compassion on us. Jesus turns around and says, if you can believe all things, the very thing that you want, the very thing that you have been seeking me for, the very thing you came and asked my disciples to do, if you believe, that's possible. So the Lord not only wanted to grow this man's faith in his ability, but his willingness to heal his son. So I imagine that this man walked away not only knowing that God had the ability to heal his son, but he had the willingness to do so as well. When you go back to Mark 1 and verse 40, the man is seeking Christ's willingness to heal him, to cure him of leprosy. And because he came fully believing that Jesus had the ability to heal him, he also has the willingness to heal him. Now, this is, this is crucial in our experience because when I went and asked the Lord to remove dyslexia, I went to him knowing fully well he had the ability to do so. I didn't know at the time what I was questioning was his willingness to do it. Well, many, many years later, he is not willing to do it. 
<laughs> he's not. Because like Paul, he tells me, you remember Paul? Second Corinthians 12. Paul did the same thing. He went to the Lord, asked him three times, not questioning his ability to remove the thorn, but his willingness to move the thorn. And again, he told Paul, no, it is not my will that this thorn be removed. But what I'm going to give you is my grace, which is sufficient. For when you're feeling weak, remember I am strong. For whatever reason you think this thorn is hindering you from doing the work, remember I am strong when you are weak. When you acknowledge your weakness, when you acknowledge your helplessness, you will then know how strong I am because I will show up and show you. Now, once again, this is my story. That's Paul's story. It doesn't have to be yours because you can go to the Lord with your dyslexia or anything else that's perplexing you. He can be willing to do it. And if he's willing to do it, he will do it. Just don't go to him questioning his ability to do it. Now, if you go with me to 1 John, that's another one of my favorite passages. Go to 1 John chapter 5. And let's start with verse 13. These things I have written unto you and believe on the name of the Son of God that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. Here, here it is, verse 14. And this is the confidence that we have in him. Who is the him? The Son of God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petition that we desire of him. I say hallelujah. I believe the thing that scares people the most and what causes people to stumble at the promises of God is that we don't seek his will out first. As an example, if you if there if there's something that you want to need from God and you go to him fully believing that he has the ability, the power to give you what you want, the next thing And the most important thing is to seek his will. Is this something that he's willing to do? Trusting he could say, yes, I'm willing to do it. Or or he can say, no, I'm not willing to do it. The same thing happened in the garden. When Jesus was on his knees praying, he says, not my will, but your will be done. Why was Jesus able to pray that prayer? Because he knew what his father's will was. Here's my will, father, and here is your will. Nevertheless, not my will be done, but your will be done. And that's the attitude we have to go to the Lord with. Because that tells the Lord just how much we trust him to do what is best for us. The thing about it is, he wants us to ask him for whatever, you name it, your health. You know, you need money to pay a bill. You need your child to come to the Lord your husband or your wife is acting up, you need a home, you need a bill paid, whatever it is. I don't care whatever it is. He wants us to bring it to him, fully believing whatever we bring to him. He has the power, the ability to give us whatever we ask for. When we seek his will and we discover what his will is, we ask the Lord 
Here is your will. Are you willing to do it? And trust him. When we go to him in confidence and we ask anything in his name according to his will, he has said, I will give it to you. The problem is we don't seek out his will. We go to him with our will and we leave it at that. And we hope that he would get on board with our will. And when he doesn't, we get upset with him. And we say, how can God not give me what I want? I thought he was a loving God. How can he say no to me? The problem is when we do that, we go to the Lord with an entitlement attitude. You owe me, God. You should give me what I want, God. And the Lord said, nah, it doesn't work that way. I'm going to give you what is best for you. Because when you seek out my will with all your mind, heart, and soul, and you discover what my will is, that's how you learn to pray according to my will. And when you do that, you will have the petition that you have asked for. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful that the Lord knows what's best for us. I am so thankful that he has not taken dyslexia away. I'm so thankful that it has not been his will to do so. Does he have the ability to do so? Yes, he does. But for my sake, and for my salvation, it has remained. And the glory of the Lord rests upon me because he has said, this will stay. And if you take my grace, my glory will rest upon you. And whatever I need you to do, dyslexia or not, I will give you the power to do it. It will not be an obstacle. It will not be a hindrance. It would be the very vehicle that I will work through to accomplish my goal, mission, my purpose in you. Trust me, hope. I know what I'm doing. Hallelujah. Praise his name. My encouragement to you is this. Don't know what you're going through. Don't know how dyslexia is impacting your life. It may not be you. It may may be somebody else you know that has dyslexia. It could be any learning ability. Do this. If you're struggling with it today, because it will roar its head up somewhere today. I mean, there's not a moment, there's not a day that doesn't go by that dyslexia is not on our mind. Sometimes we just wait and see how it's going to show up. Sometimes we know how it's going to show up. <laughs> we just wait and when it's going to show up. Give it to the Lord and just ask the Lord, you know, I know you have the ability to take dyslexia away. Are you willing to do it? Or, Lord, give me your grace to be dyslexic today. And what is grace? Grace is God's power that makes us adequate to carry out his will, to go through the day, and he will do it. Now, if if he says that he is willing, now you've got to trust his timing to do it. Uh-huh. We can get very impatient with God. Think about it this way. Who was it? Abraham wanted a son. He knew God had the ability to give him a son. He knew that God was willing to give him a son, that it was God's will that he have a son. And he had to wait 25 years for that son. Okay, (laughs) there you go. Trust that he has the ability to do it. Know what his will is and wait for him to perform his will. You will know the peace of God. It will rule and reign in your heart all the time, not just sometimes, but all the time. And he has always given us opportunity to come to him fully believing that he has the ability to do anything we ask according to his will. And it's up to us, through the power of the Holy Spirit, studying his word of God, through prayer, 
to determine what his will is. And he will keep his promise as sure it is written on this page, 1 John 5, 14, 15, and 16. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petition that we desire of him. Hallelujah. Thank you for tuning in each week to make room for more. If you would like to listen to archive shows, you may do so by going to www.makeroomformorepodcast.buzzsprout.com. Once again, thank you so very much for joining us and have a wonderful week.